What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 10 of Free 90s. We just finished opening weekend in the major leagues. So now we're here to talk about it. Ryan, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, just got my uh, my first COVID shot. Uh, nice. I, I had Moderna um, and, uh, you know, feeling good. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've already had COVID. So I'm curious to see how, the, how these uh, shots go. But I'm one down and I have my next one in approximately... A month. Well, I think what I heard is that if you already had it, you shouldn't have uh, many side effects if you get any side effects at all. So you yeah. might be okay in that realm, in that uh, side of things. I mean, I hope so. That'd be great. So then, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Ryan, opening weekend has come and it's gone. We had a lot of stuff go on in this past week. A lot of a couple of surprises that happened in the first weekend, I would say, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, we got some big news that came in the past week starting with Francisco Lindor signing a how many years 10 year extension with the New York Mets for 341 million dollars the third biggest contract in MLB history and the biggest for a shortstop ever what's your take on that Ryan you know i see this is tough i, I i'm very happy for Francisco Lindor don't get me wrong it's just Given given the shortstop position, do you do you think it's worth like obviously Tati set the set the market with his contract extension, but I mean, for shortstops, do you think that that they can that they are deserving to make that much money in their case for short for a shortstop? Like, does that make sense? Like. There's no denying outfielders are the best freaking players, best hitters in the uh, in the MLB. Usually, I mean, you got Mike Trout, you got Mookie Betts, and those guys make what thirty five, forty, forty million dollars a year. Right. I don't know. See, like, obviously, it's just like, man, that's for a shortstop, and like, yeah, Lindor can hit for power, yes, and he, and I mean, he's a stud. He's probably the best shortstop in in the MLB, um, but. I don't know. Like something in the back of my mind is just saying, like, boy, is that is that position really worth spending so much money on when you've got when you've got like so many other positions to t- to take care of, and especially like when there's when the outfield depth is so deep. I would in the MLB. I mean, I don't know. I just like there's something in the back of my mind that just says like, wow, that's a lot of money for for a shortstop. Sure, and I think the argument is that he's just one of those generational guys. You know, you don't get a Francisco Lindor every day. He's a guy that's a one, he's a switch hitter. He's one of probably top 3 offensive shortstop in the game. And that says a lot because there are a lot of fantastic shortstops right now in baseball. He's a guy that can do everything. He can hit you 30 something bombs, he can hit you 90 to 100 RBIs. He's going to score a crap ton of runs cuz he's probably going to lead off for you. He's going to steal probably 30 bags and he's going to play gold glove gold glove shortstop. So I so, think if well, out of all of the shortstops that are going to be you know free agents this upcoming offseason, I want to go as far to say Lindor's will probably be the the high, most highly paid. Maybe Trevor Story would would catch that, but the rest of them, I mean, I don't I don't think someone like Correa is going to get anywhere near this amount. I think he's going to get less years and a lot less money per year. Also, I think Trevor Story could compete with this price tag, but yeah, honestly. I'm paying Lindor that much so I can have him on my team. What you didn't have to give up much to get him, but the the point I want to make 
is that this is the turning point for the Mets now. You know, we, we, we had Steve Cohen come in and he said this is what he was going to do. He wants to spend money. And boy, he spent it. And now he's talking about extending Jacob DeGrom even longer. Well, so, that, well that's, that's probably the best thing to do because he's the best pitcher in baseball. Exactly. So um, I don't see a bad, I don't, I, I see your point that, yeah, outfielders play a huge role. But I think we're, what we're starting to see is that shortstops, they do a lot of great stuff for us, uh, for, I mean, for a team. Now, let's think about Miguel Cesaris, our shortstop at Ohlone. Mm-hmm. Dude, he, he was really the backbone of our team when you think about it. Think about all of those plays he made at shortstop for us, just defensively. And even then, his bat was pretty solid too. Now imagine if he had a little bit more power, how much better our team is from there. And yeah, we had a really good outfield, no doubt. But having him at shortstop was so valuable. And I think these teams are starting to realize that having that superstar shortstop is really going to go a long way. So, okay, well, Lindor is one guy. Now, does this set the market for other shortstops? Like, I think the only guy it sets it for is Trevor Story. Okay. Maybe well, Corey Seager, but I don't – I think Corey Seager's downfall is his defense. I don't think he's that great at defense. I think he's very, very good, but I wouldn't go as far to say that he's on the on the Lindor level. Um, so I would I say know. Trevor Story and Corey Seager are going to get similar um, – similar uh, what, what am I trying to say? Similar ex, uh, extensions or signings in the off season, just for the fact that they're still young. You know, Trevor Story is, I think, 27. Corey is age 26 season right now. And he's an MVP candidate. Um, so I, I I think that, I don't know if it sets the market, but I think it's the other guys are going to get similar amounts of money. I've just got a feeling there's going to be a lot of bad contracts trying to get these these other top tier shortstops. I mean, Trevor Story. Well, first off, Trevor Story needs to get the get get the fuck out of Colorado. But um, I mean, Trevor Story is the only guy when you really think about it. And yeah, you can, yeah, like you said, Corey Seager. But the thing with Corey Seager, what you didn't mention is that he also has a ton of injury history. I mean, like it's crazy. Well, that's what's going to hinder him too. Uh, yeah, and so that's why I don't think that he'll get as much as Lindor. Lindor has been very consistent. You know, he hasn't had much downtime, if at all. So that's why I think this is going to be the highest paid shortstop out of this, you know, upcoming free agency class. Let's um, just hope he uh, he lives up to his contract and becomes a Hall of Famer because that's yeah. literally what they're banking on in giving him this contract. Someone so, else who's quietly going to be a free agent, Javi Baez, he could get paid, you know, depending on how this year goes. Yeah, so this, he could steal a crap to the bases. He's a really good defensive shortstop. I think actually now that I think about it he could get somewhere in the $300 million range because he's still super young also. He's 27 or 20, <sighs> he's 26, 27 years old also. It's crazy. This is like a, it's going to be a crazy offseason with all these shortstops. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I, now with, 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 they see what Lindor gets, they're going to be like, I want like my worth, you know? I want your, my maximum worth to these guys. I'm like, yeah. that's, that's not, I mean, um, if, I'm, if I'm going on the owner's side, and all, and the GM side, like I'm like that's oh great. I'm gonna have to spend way more money than I expected for in the offseason for a freaking shortstop. But I mean, hey, good for Lindor. I'm glad he got it. He's a great player. I mean, he's Mr. Smile. You know, he he makes our game better. Um, and yeah, the Mets got a good one. Good job, who's, Steve Cohen. What's going to be interesting is, can you think of five teams that have the money to spend that much on these shortstops? Because we're talking Korea. Marcus Semyon is going to be a free agent again. Don't forget about that. 
Yeah. Um, we've got Baez. We've got Seager. You know, Story. Who's going to spend all this money? Well, are I we going? Tell, are we? Are you. we thinking maybe? Uh, maybe the Tigers. Well, I can tell you one big market team who's not going to be after their laughable offer to uh, their their hometown guy. Not hometown, but their their guy. Homegrown, homegrown guy. I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say home. He's not. It doesn't matter. But um, the Cubs will not be able to afford him, <laughs> especially Bias. if it's offered freaking Rizzo. Absolutely yeah. laughable. And and the Astros won't be able to afford Correa. Um, so I mean, I can. I'm sure the Yankees will pull money out of their ass as usual. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers make a move for one of these guys. You know, this team is up and coming. I don't think they have a, a superstar shortstop in the in the making right now. A lot of their prospects are outfielders <laughs> and pitchers. So sorry, but I had to do this. But I know who has the money. We won't we won't spend it. <laughs> Why do you got to do this? Because <laughs> uh, it's your well, ultimate athletics. If if the season keeps going this way for the A's, they're going to end up trading everyone. It's, away it's anyway, three so. games in, buddy. Calm down. Four, but we'll talk about that later. Um. Anyways. Next big piece, we don't, we don't want to talk too much about this. We're just going to talk about it real quick, and we'll we'll speculate what's going to happen with it. But the All-Star game is getting moved out of Atlanta. That's happening. MLB's already announced it. It's done. Um, so, Ryan, where are they going to move it to? And I think we both agreed that the Dodgers should be the first choice since they lost out on it this past season. But what, what are some other options that you can think of? Well, you see, I would try, you would try and probably think of some place that's connected to Hank Aaron, you know? Um, I mean, cause this is probably their best chance to honor him. Um, I mean, he's like, like, I think, I think I mentioned when, in the episode where we talked about him passing, we mentioned he was what top five, maybe even top three baseball player of all time. Yeah. I would um, put him in my top three and like, it's that's him. Like him. Losing, yeah. Losing Hank Aaron is like basketball basketball losing kobe honestly i mean it's comparable it's very comparable i mean obviously obviously hank aaron had a really long had a very fortunate and long life and i know and um but i mean kobe's also up there for is it is i would say is an equivalent um loss for basketball than hank aaron is for baseball you know and honestly like Boy, it's it's tough, honestly. But I mean, I still think it's going to be the Dodgers at the end of the day. Um, ah, oh, man, it's just it, it, the only move that makes sense is LA because they're the most ready for it. They were in the process of preparing for the All Star game, and then obviously COVID happened. And... Yeah, yeah, and I think that's gonna. I think that's the best move, also. But here's here's the thing to think about is that they already gave them 2022's All Star game, so. Yeah. They're preparing for 2022. I don't know if they're you know, so. That's like the argument is like, hey, like they're not going to be ready for 2021 because they're already have all these plans for 2022. So in the case that they do go a separate direction, what about Wrigley? What about the Cubs? What about Milwaukee? Milwaukee would be an interesting option. What about um, bringing it back to San Francisco? That wouldn't be a bad option. That's a gorgeous ballpark, and I'm sure. You know, a team like the Giants would love to just jump right back into it and, you know, host another all-star game. Um, you know, it just, it's going to be interesting to see what, what plays out. Um, but yeah, I think LA would be the perfect spot. I completely agree with you. You know, and if it's not the Dodgers, why, why, why not go to Anaheim? It's right there. Yeah, it just depends on, at that point, it just depends on if the, if the Angels want to go through that stress of preparing a full all-star game in three months. 
Well, I mean, we'll see. It, we'll see. We'll I think LA happens. would be perfect. I, I do agree with you there. Um, so we're gonna. I mean, you also we're gonna to, find out about that. You also have to think about like which, which um, states would kind of be a lot a lot more resentful to it. You know, um. So that's why. Oh, because they made the move in the first yeah, place. Yeah, so I th- that's why I think all the Texas teams are out. Um, St. Louis is probably out. Um, probably all the. I don't four- know if we need to go that far though. I think that if a team wants to host an All Star game, I think they're gonna want to host the All Star game. Just put the politics aside. Um, I don't think that. I I think if the Cardinals want to host it, they're gonna put their bid in to host it. So I don't I don't know if we need to, if it's gonna go that far, honestly. Well, I don't know, man. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff that's going on in our, in our day that is pretty, getting pretty ridiculous. But anyways, um, let's move on to uh, the Nats and Mets games being postponed. Yeah, that's a shame. I was really looking forward to that opening day matchup: Jacob Degrom versus Max Scherzer. That would have been nuts. And Francisco Lindor's uh, debut with the Mets. That would have been awesome. Uh, it's unfortunate. But, you know, it's the nature of the beast. If these guys aren't going to be completely safe about it, you know, this is the kind of stuff that can happen. Look at the Vancouver Canucks. The, their entire roster has COVID right now. It's insane. And they're all sick. They're all throwing up. They have super high fevers. Like, they're, they're having a really tough time. And, you know, you don't want to see that with baseball. I saw that there's seven, seven players that are um, in quarantine, four that have it. Actually, no, I think it's more than that. I think it's 11. Four that have it and then seven close contacts. So, man, I, I just hope that they move past this and Tuesday they'll be able to play. Yeah, and my fantasy team would greatly appreciate it because I don't freaking have Juan Soto. <laughs> yeah. Literally my best player. And Patrick, I don't have Patrick Corbin either. And I didn't have Jeff McNeil. So that's not great. Luckily, Nelson Cruz uh, came back. And went to an AL ballpark and uh, he had a grand slam. So that's, uh, that's a good. Did he even play in Milwaukee? Yeah, he pinch hit and he got he got a hit. He got a couple RBIs too. So yeah, that's the risk he, you got to take. If only he could him. play the de- if only he could play defense. But hey, I, that's fine. Once Soto comes back, I'll be I'll be set. So um, yeah. <sighs> well, the, I, let's be honest. I mean, the universal DH is coming up. Yeah, well, we've got that on our list of things we're talking about today. But I don't have to worry about that too much. Um, all right, Ryan, let's move on. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from opening weekend so far? There's a couple, actually. Um, the Royals' offense is going to be kind of scary. They're sneaky good, man. They are sneaky good. I mean, my God, the first two games were insane. <laughs> How many runs they freaking scored? Uh, I mean... Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler, Carlos Santana, Andrew Benintendi. I mean, that that lineup is – that's solid. And, uh, I mean, I'm excited to watch them play. Um, another, what was another good takeaway I had? Um, well, for my Cardinals, um, we need My- Michaelis and Kwang Young Kim back because, uh, yikes. For, the first game was good. And then again, Flaherty pitched like shit. But then uh, – Wainwright got shelled, and then um, oh god, who started yesterday? Oh, Carlos Martinez. Oh god, horrible. So um, obviously four game, well three games technically for the Cardinals. Three games in, very early. Um, I'm sure they'll figure it out, but I mean, 
Yikes, can't do that against the Reds. We need to You want to talk about pitchers giving up runs. How about every A's starter giving up at least five runs over the weekend? Yeah, so, sorry, buddy. Yeah, against that's, against that's your favorite tough. team, the Houston Astros. Uh, everyone's least favorite team. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> Unless you're an Astros fan, you hate the Astros. Um, yeah, I'm not, not excited about that. Um, I think one thing that I found really interesting was how well the Blue Jays played the Yankees. You know, they they really looked complete as a team. And that's George Springer. Um, that's a – I was watching – I watched all three of their games this past weekend, and boy, was it fun to watch. Um, even Marcus Semyon. Marcus Semyon was doing really good against the Yankees. A few, few hits, hit a bomb, some stolen bases. Looking pretty good. I'm really excited about him in Toronto. Vladdy um, hit a bomb. Vladdy did hit a bomb, and he <laughs> – even his first hit of the season was like 114 straight up, straight right back up the middle. It was and just think, but Bichette didn't even play well this series, like, and they still won. I know it's crazy. It's uh, I'm liking the Blue Jays a, little, a lot more, and I'm happy that I picked them to win the division. If they keep playing against the Yankees like that, I'm gonna love that. Um, so let's 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 get started on our uh, long list of items that we want to talk about. So let's start with your Cardinals. And the Reds with benches cleared because uh, after uh, Nick Castellanos got hit by a pitch, uh, fastball up and in. Don't know. I don't. I doubt there was any intention behind it. But still, it's not fun for any any hitter to get hit by a upper nineties fastball. And he went on to uh, on a pass ball. He he slid in the home and <laughs> gave a big let's go right in the. Cardinals pitcher's face, which started a benches situation. Um, what, what, as a Cardinal fan, do you hate Castellanos for that, or do you understand why he did it? Um, I no, I definitely don't hate Nick Castellanos. Like, obviously, yeah, you got excited, and like, obviously, if you thought there was a little intention behind it, behind it, yeah, go ahead and celebrate. But I mean, at the same time. It might have been a little excessive, um, but I mean, I mean, there's an argument to both sides. I mean, the the guy you chirped was a rookie, by the way, Woodford. Yeah, obviously, and I, he definitely had had control problems. Um, so, I all a lot of these Cardinal fans on social media are like, "Oh my god, I fucking hate Nick can- Castellanos. That guy's a little bitch." I'm like, I'm like, guys, like. He has. He was in every right to celebrate. <laughs> it's like, it's not that. It's not that bad. It was a key run, obviously. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't really think much about it. It's literally three games in. Um, and do I think he he deserved to get suspended? No, no, I don't. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, yeah, he did get suspended two games, and of course he's going to appeal it because it's absolutely ridiculous. Look, Nick Castellanos, he just oozes swag. That's how he plays baseball. He's going to bat flip you when you're down a bunch of runs. He's going to play hard and he's going to play tough and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to take any shit from anyone. So yeah, I, I'm, I thought maybe not scream directly in the pitcher's face, uh, Woodford's face. You know, I think that's what the, uh, I think that's the only gripe I really have against any, uh, celebration is if you're directing it and being like malicious towards the op- the opposing team. You know, if you're celebrating with your team, say all you want, bat flip all you want, fine. 
where, where my issues start to come is when you're like directing it towards a certain player or to another team in a situation like that, that made no sense. I didn't, I didn't think that was right um, to direct it right at Woodford's face. I think you get up and you're excited and get excited with your team, but I don't think it was necessary to put it right in his face. Well, the fact like- he got rattled by a rookie is just kind of embarrassing in my opinion. But um, another, well, uh, when you say uh, celebrating, that actually, uh, I have a little a bit of opinion on that in today's game, I should say. Yes, I understand a lot of p- players play it. They have a lot of emotions running and, you know, sometimes they get a little too excited and then they, and they bat flip. However, I think even if if this somehow was intentional from, from Woodford and he hit dr- drill Castellanos is because of what Castellanos did in game one when he bat flipped when they were down by like seven runs. See, now that there, that is embarrassing. That is horrible. If, if, okay, do you, do you remember our scrimmage against Kenyatta? It, granted, it was a scrimmage. It, that was one when Brew hit two home runs. It was like the very, oh, yeah, of the season. I remember that. I, do you remember you getting like livid at like the, it was like this ninth inning of our set of the scrimmage. And the guy, we, we were up 15 to zero. And the guy hits an absolute nuke off of, I don't know, somebody. I don't know who, I honestly have no idea who pitched. Pete? Like, it wasn't Pete. No, that's Gavelin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but he actually, like, just bat flipped and just, like, celebrated. celebrated. I'm like, dude, you are down by 15 runs. If you're going to celebrate like this during the season, like, you guys are going to be really fucking bad. You're just a complete eye guy, you know? So and it's just the fact, like, it, no, I'm not saying celebrating is bad. It's just, it only, it's only, in my opinion, it's only, celebrating is only due in certain, in, certain situations probably most situations like say say like i don't know you're down by like five and someone hits a grand slam yeah then that's due for a celebration like oh that that's a huge game changer but granted he was down by seven runs and this literally made zero effect on the game and he bat flipped and did a little and did a little skip i'm like that is embarrassing yeah and i think where i i just want to say real quick where i differ is that when I think of bat flips, even if you're down seven runs, um, I think what I want to the, the point is it's like an individual thing. You know, he <laughs> he hit a bomb and he bat flipped. Yeah. So I think with that, I don't know. I don't think it's a, such a terrible thing. You're trying to hype your guys up. You're trying to get back into the game. The game's not over. Um, even if you're down seven runs, you know, it's any game is within reach in today's baseball world. Um, so I see what you're saying for sure. Um, I, I'm just like, honestly, I would feel, I'd feel like you have a, a similar opinion to me because you're a pitcher, you know? And like, what you'd be surprised is, actually. I don't know. I mean, if someone bat flips off of me because you hit a nuke off me, then I'm going to tip your cap and say, move on. Um, that's always how I've been. You know, I'm not going to get pissed at you. I'm going to get mad at myself for giving up the bomb. You know, if, if, <laughs> If someone's going to hit a 450-foot nuke off me, props to you, buddy. You you got me. You know, and bat flip all you want. Don't just – now, don't celebrate at me. Don't stare me down and don't, you know, chirp at me while you're running the bases. Bat flip, take your jog, celebrate with your team, moving on. Just to, and, just uh, to summarize, I'm just finding the celebrating and the bat flipping a little too excessive. Just a little bit. I'd like not like probably like three percent more than what it should be. I should say. 
Yeah, and with Castellanos specifically, he's just the kind of guy that does that. That's kind of his thing is he bat flips singles kind of in some ways. You know, he just – the way that his swing finish is, I think that you see a lot more of a, a flipping motion with him. So I think Castellanos is a specific person. I do see what you're saying, though, when it comes to you're, you're down by a ton of runs and you hit a bomb and you bat flip. Like, I get – I see that side of it for sure, but – um. I don't know. I think it's more of an individual thing. If a if a guy hits a bomb off of another guy, um, bat flip. <laughs> I like it. I love it with ba- yeah. I love it with baseball. I love seeing the the passion, and it, I think bat flips are great for baseball. You and Amir Garrett would be best friends. Me and who? Amir Garrett. Yeah, I love Amir Garrett. I would love to meet him. I don't know. I, I'm sure a lot of pitchers would be like, "No, fuck, fuck that guy." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but, but um, so now let's uh, move on to our next big topic. We had Trevor Bauer's debut with the Los Angeles Dodgers this uh, this past Friday, I believe. Um, yeah, it was on Friday. Um, boy, he looked good. I don't know if you if you got to catch any of that game, but he had a no hitter through six, and, and, then, uh, and he got shelled in the seventh. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't really get shelled. It just. I'd say giving up two bombs in the inning is getting. He shot. got Coors fielded. Let's be honest. You're telling was, me that that Char- the ball Charlie Blackman hit doesn't leave anywhere else. Uh, I don't <laughs> think it goes out. I think if you take into well, account, regardless, that the ball was a, it was a curveball. Curveballs don't spin that much in Coors Field, so it has it's going to have a little bit more depth at literally any other ballpark. Yeah, I think it's a different outcome if you're in any other ballpark. Well, um, it doesn't matter. It's there's still. It doesn't matter. Yes, first six innings were great. Seventh inning, he made mistakes. But hey, either way, it was, it was um, the debut. It was the debut, and the Dodgers are gonna. They're gonna be the Dodgers. They're gonna dominate. Um, I'd be excited if I was a Dodger fan, though, based off of just what he showed. You know, he the walks non-existent. Mm-hmm. He gave up. Yeah, he gave up those four runs in the uh, in the seventh, but maybe just. Pull him after six because you have that ridiculous bullpen. I know he's got a no hitter, but after the no hitter is done, just take him out. You know, it's the first game of the season. You got 162 to play. Save some bullets for the guy. Um, but yeah, I, man, if I'm the Dodgers, I am ecstatic. Oh, yeah. You saw who came out of the, I don't know if you saw who came out of the bullpen after Bauer came out, but it was a guy named David Price who's also won a uh, Cy Young award. So that was quite the, the backup and yeah, David Price's debut didn't go as well. You know, gave up up the first two guys. Also gave up an absolute nuke to uh, Hilliard. That ball gave up back to back home runs his first two batters. Huh? He gave up back to back home runs his first two batters. Yeah. But I'm just, the Hilliard one was, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Shit on. That was shit on. (laughs) Um, Yeah. If I'm the Dodgers, I'm not, I'm not worried about Bauer or Price or any one of those guys. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm not worried at all. I'm like, this is my division. Like, I'll I'll see anyone who wants to play us in the playoffs. Yeah, there's no denying they're not making the playoffs. So, um, I don't think there's a denial that they're going to win the division. I don't think the Padres have enough. No, especially yeah. Well, well, again, it's only been four games, but yeah. um, Anyways, uh, well, now it's uh, on Tuesday. We're gonna have. Uh, Francisco Lindor's debut with the New York Mets since it was delayed due to the COVID with uh, the Nationals. Um, 
Actually, no. Sorry, I'm mistaken. Lindor's debuting today with the Mets because the Mets will be playing today. Yep. That is true. I'm sorry, I was mistaken. I was thinking Nationals for some reason. Um, yeah, so Lindor's debut with the Mets is going to be a little bit later. That's going to be awesome to watch. Um, Who are they playing again? The Mets are playing... Let's find out. Oh, is it the sure. Phillies? It might be. I think it's the Phillies. That'd be a, that's a good matchup. Who's, who's, it's not going to be Nola. No, it's going to be their, their uh, four who I have no idea even is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, no, I, I was going to say Nick Pavetta, but he's on he's on the Red Sox now. Uh, They're uh, playing the Phillies. Yeah, you yeah. got you got that one right. Um, Did you say he was pitching? No. Oh, they don't even know who's pitching for the for the Phillies. No, like I I I'm, I don't see it right now. Oh well, it doesn't matter. The Mets should win that game. They've got the ground pitching. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Phillies look pretty dang good. And is DeGrom pitching today? I don't know. Why wouldn't he be pitching? <laughs> why? Yeah, why, why wouldn't he be pitching? His, his timing might be off based off of the delay. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I can't find coming up on, my, on the website I'm looking at. Um, it doesn't matter. But I, I'm, I'm like 99% sure DeGrom's pitching today. So, <laughs> especially... Yeah. Uh, after all the uh, Otani hype and him throwing the hardest uh, pitch that a starter's thrown. And then I know reading half the comments saying, well, that's going to change tomorrow since DeGrom's pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to move on to a uh, real quick topic before we get into. Uh, um... Oh, okay. <laughs> the, uh, the Phillies are throwing out Matt Moore against DeGrom. Oh, Yikes. Okay. Well, that's going to go terribly for the Phillies. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, one thing I noticed a lot that I, I, I was thinking about mentioning in my takeaways, but dude, the, these umpires are killing me. And I've never really taken that close of a look at, you know, umpire balls and strikes and such, but my goodness, it was just. I don't know. It seemed really bad this past weekend in the games I was watching. And I just, oh my God, Nelson Cruz just hit an absolute nuke. Let's, oh my God. Let's fucking go. <laughs> that ball went like 450, it looked like. Holy cow. Uh, I'm so glad I picked Nelson Cruz. Bomb. The 40. The- Sorry, I got the, I got the Twins and Tigers on my TV right now, but holy cow, I got distracted there. Um, the ageless wonder, but yeah, I, so sorry, going back to topic, I'm, I'm ready for electronic strike zone. I'm ready for robot umpires. I am over, uh, I'm over the balls and strikes just being bad, just bad calls. And it, cause it, it changes games. It changes that bats. I saw it during the A's game, the, the guy in opening night, was just off, just come just so far off, and it's and it's just a matter of taking away those off nights from umpires because let's be like they're they're human, they they're not perfect. There's gonna be mistakes, and it, it's just trying to limit those mistakes with these umpires. Um, you know, every every other aspect of the game, umpires are still needed. You know, foul balls, 
plays at the plate, you still need a home plate umpire for. And he's still going to be making those ball and strike calls, but uh, he's going to have something in his ear that's going to tell him ball or strike. I think that's needed, man. I, I'm ready for it. It's going to change the game uh, defensively because you won't need catchers framing anymore. Um, what's your opinion on it all? Um, you know, a couple years ago when they first brought up the robot umpires possibility, um, I was heavily against it. Um, mainly because as was I. Mainly because it it kind of takes an entertainment aspect out of it because, like, like I said, every everyone who who watches sports likes drama, and what better drama is there in baseball than people getting ejected for arguing? <laughs> And then throwing rants on the field, obviously. But now, since they've implemented the challenges, we've seen a huge decrease in those. And now the only way that you're going to get ejected is if you freaking start a brawl or a bench clearing, or you know you're you're talking shit to the umpire, but um, or the other team for the in the, um for that matter. But with the like, honestly, they've already come so far with the challenges that. I think it might be time to actually do the robot umpires. Um, Cause like you said, yeah, it changes the game and it actually might, it usually will turn the game in the right direction, like of how it's supposed to go. Um, and I, I think the challenges have done a pretty solid job. Obviously there's been a few mistakes, but, but they were like minuscule mistakes. I would say like it was just too close to tell too close to call or something like that. But, but for my, my, my overall opinion is that, you're already this far with with trying to make make sure the game goes the right way and decreasing the amount of mistakes. So therefore, why not just finish it? Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I'm ready for it. I am just I want it to happen. I'm, I'm I'm just tired of it. I got so frustrated watching all of these games. Um, like even a guy like Garrett Cole on opening day, there were balls that. That were called strikes, and there were strikes that were called balls. And one, it's got to be frustrating for a pitcher, but like for these teams too, it's you want to have your guys getting the best stuff. And it's gonna, man, it's gonna change the game. It's gonna completely change the game. Having perfect strike zones or near perfect strike zones, I would say it's gonna be perfect, but. Um, it's going to change everything. You know, someone like Gary Sanchez, who cares? He doesn't need the frame anymore. He yeah. can just focus on catching the ball now and blocking the ball. He doesn't need to frame it for the umpire. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to look at too. And on the other side, I think I'm ready for the universal DH. I think we should have had it this year, but I, I'm pretty sure it's going to come in next year. Um, and I think the perfect example is Nelson Cruz. Uh he didn't get to play this the entire opening weekend. I think he got a couple of pinch pinch hit situations, but for a team like the twins, it's going to need everyone with the white Sox as good as they are. You're missing out on, on a really good player, you know, one of your best hitters. So I'm ready to see the universal DH and I don't want to see pitchers hit. The last thing I want to see is someone like Trevor Bauer getting hit by a pitch. And then he's out for a few weeks. Cause he, has like a bone bruise or he break worst case, he breaks a bone or something, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm ready to get rid of pitcher thing also. Another topic I was heavily against, but, um, you know, when I took a really deep thought about it, like 
what pitchers in today's game like can truly truly hit and i it's, it's zach it, granke and madison bumgarner and jake arietta jake arietta yeah um I, I mean, guess Zach Wheeler Zach too. Wheeler. Zach Wheeler got two hits <laughs> yeah, over the weekend. I was about to say Zach Wheeler. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but like it's tough. Like to think of other pitchers who can actually truly hit. I think the biggest you know supporter against the Universal DH is Zach Granke, but he's not going to go out, go up to the media and say psycho guy. I love him. I love, love Zach, Zach Granke, but he's not going to he's not going to do anything. Mainly because he he hates crowds. He hates the media. Um, but uh yeah i mean well he's playing for an al team anyway he can't hit yeah so it is i mean it's yeah, time it's it's time yeah we especially when the most appealing part about baseball is watching hitters hit and hit the ball far i think adding that extra hitter in there is going to probably do a lot better than just having pitchers hit so yeah, I, yeah, it, it pains me to see to say that because I'm an NL guy and obviously my team. I know you are, the yeah. St. Louis Cardinals, but I mean, honestly, if yeah, it, I don't know. I'm more I'm more for the robot umpires than I am for the universal DH. But um, it is what I, at the end of the day, it's still baseball. It's I'll, I'll live with it if <laughs> if uh, if these changes are made in the future. Well, I think they're both coming. I think they're both going to be coming in for next season, no doubt. Um, but we're going to see. Thank you guys for listening to part one of episode 10. Uh, we're going to be releasing part two in the next day or so. Um, so keep your eyes out for that. So until then, thanks you guys for listening.